You're listening to the Human Business Narrative Podcast with your host, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Eastern European, Ivan Tamilkov. Yo, what's up, you love the humans? My name is Ivan Temelkov, digital practitioner, human evangelist, and startup founder of Razor Sharp Digital. We help companies become more human and help them reach their customers faster using omnichannel marketing approach. Thank you for tuning into episode 15 of the Human Business Narrative Podcast with my special guest, Bud Torcom. And Bud, if I mispronounce your last name, I want to apologize ahead of time. If you are a first-time listener, thank you for downloading my podcast. I'm truly humbled and most grateful to you for spending the time in doing so. This is a podcast where we discuss human business, human centricity, entrepreneurship, digital marketing, social media, and special guests and industry experts share their compelling stories for business growth. The one major key takeaway that you should be extracting from each episode is the importance of human centricity in entrepreneurship business and marketing in today's modern digital world. Before I forget, head on over to bit.ly forward slash human business to download your free copy on five essentials of strategic human marketing, a great resource to have in your marketing arsenal and something to reflect upon. If you would like to be a guest on this podcast, please send me an email to Ivan at RazorSharpDigital.com. That's I-V-A-N at RazorSharpDigital.com. And I promise I am not the Ivan the Terrible as, as well. So I look forward to seeing your communication. Additionally, you can also tweet at me at the Human Business Narrative Podcast official Twitter account, which is at HBN Podcast. And before we jump into the guest interview with uh, Bud Torcom from uh, Mazama Media, I want to share a couple of things with you guys. Uh, first of all, we had a really, really great discussion around automation and particularly how automation and artificial intelligence are becoming such an intricate part of our day-to-day lives. Um, some specific things in terms of how AI will change the course of human direction as humans, how we behave, how we do things, our day-to-day endeavors, jobs specifically, and how artificial intelligence and automation might take over some human jobs. So that was one aspect of the conversation, which I'm not going to give away too much of that. I'm going to let Bud share all that information as part of the uh, guest interview. A couple of things I wanted to share with you guys in regards to the Human Business Narrative podcast. So the entire podcast has now been downloaded several thousands of times there's thousands and thousands a few thousands uh, of downloads of this podcast and i'm very thankful to you guys expressing continuous continued interest in the podcast this is precisely the reason why i put the time and effort every week to try and bring some compelling guests on this show uh, who can talk about business who can talk about human centricity who can talk about entrepreneurship i'm just so glad to see that you guys are taking interest in the podcast. In addition to that, the podcast has, in addition to the downloads, the immense amount of downloads that the podcast has received, there has also been an immense amount of requests in terms of guests for the podcast. I think as it stands, 
the t- during the time at this time of the podcast, there's somewhere between thirty to forty guests who have expressed interest on being on the Human Business Narrative Podcast. So I'm absolutely humbled. I'm absolutely ecstatic at the fact that there's so many pe- people out there who are showing continued interest and specifically want to be guests on this podcast. So those are really the few things that I'm going to share with you guys. Fairly excited. I hope to continue the momentum. I hope to continue bringing you guys fresh material and new information and exciting guests who can share compelling stories and help you in some form or fashion accelerate your business. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the guest interview with Bud Torcom. And I'm going to let him do his magic and share all the knowledge bombs that he and I discussed during the guest interview. Enjoy, and I will see you on the backside. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Ivan Temelkov here on the Human Business Narrative Podcast. And today I am joined with Bud Torcom. Did I pronounce that correctly, Bud? How's you it did. going? Good. How are you doing? Great, great, great. Thanks so much for uh, hopping on to Jam with me on the podcast. I know me and you connected on LinkedIn uh, originally, if I recall correctly, but can you tell the listeners you know, who you are, what you do, and how did you get to where you are today? Sure. Um, so I'm the CEO and co-founder of Mazama Media. We're a digital marketing uh, firm in Bend, Oregon. Um, this month actually is our four-year anniversary. Um, we're completely bootstrapped. We started in our house, um, and through zero funding, um, uh, loans, anything like that, mm-hmm. um, or parents' money, nothing like that. We just were able to do, we pretty much did what we said we were going to do from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it's weird when you do that, you get more clients and we grew and grew. And now we have, um, 20, Two, I believe 22 awesome team members here and we're in a beautiful mm-hmm. 7,000 square foot space and uh, um, and we're continuing to work now as we were a local company and we're now in um, uh, technically an international company. We're uh, mm-hmm. in about 40 states, I believe, and we have a client in Canada, which makes us international, which is cool. Okay. Okay. Very cool. Well, very, very interesting. I, I didn't know. So me and you connected on LinkedIn, I think. Um, you mentioned that you are a fan of the podcast, which, by the way, I'm, I'm very grateful of and very grateful to have you jump on. Something really interesting that you mentioned right off the bat that I think it's important to recognize is you said bootstrap. So me and you are, are both entrepreneurs and you said bootstrap. And so can you maybe elaborate a little bit upon that just for some of the listeners who don't fully understand what bootstrap really entails and when building a company? Well, what it entailed for us was... Um, we didn't have much money and we had our first client come on and my wife and I did it ourselves. And then second, mm-hmm. third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and somewhere around, I think 15, we couldn't handle it anymore. And we had the cash flow to hire somebody. And that's what I mean by bootstrap. Like, um, mm-hmm. we didn't, we, we didn't save up money for a long time or anything like that. We just said, let's give this a shot. And as we continue to do well at it, um, we were able to grow the company with the company's funds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very cool. And the reason I, I wanted to kind of explain that, because I think there's a very, very common misconception in terms of what bootstrapping is a bit in a business, because I think a lot of startups nowadays are trying to seek uh, VC um, capital investments. Um, you know, they try to borrow money, loans, so on and so forth, you know, to start a business. And, you know, it's really interesting that you mentioned bootstrapping, because bootstrapping, bootstrapping is probably one of the hardest ways 
to build a business, but it's also one of the most profitable in the long term. So I'm glad that you kind of elaborate upon that. So when me and you chatted, you know, one topic of, of discussion that really came up was automation. And I think me and you kind of chatted briefly a little bit about what automation is and why companies should utilize automation, why they shouldn't, or to what extent they should utilize automation. What's your take on that in terms of automation in the marketing industry? Oh, um, in the marketing industry, that's a loaded question. Um, we, we've uh, beta tested an AI platform for uh, with Facebook uh, like two years ago. It failed. However, we mm-hmm. I noticed that it has the potential and it will continue to grow. The, the, the thing is, that's AI. When it comes to automation, it's already um, a part of like the Facebook algorithm. When you see ads are like, if you, if you are experienced on Facebook and mm-hmm. you see ads are decline, or you're wondering why cost per click is a bit higher than the other one or lower than the other one, um, that's not done by a person. That's all done by machine learning and automation in an auction place. It's all done by um, all these machines that are in this auction against each other. Mm-hmm. So it's currently like happening at a scale that I, I think most humans don't even realize. Um, Amazon actually does it a lot. So when you go on, like be careful of Amazon, but their, their business model is excellent. And what it is, is they get you so loyal to them that you think that no matter what their price is the lowest. Uh, cross-check that because what you'll be finding is that the price changes based on you and your data. The mm-hmm. price changes based on your loyalty, based on how often you've been looking for that product, based on your likelihood to buy it at that instant, based on things you bought before, and also based on what you're saying in your house if you have an Amazon Echo Dot. Yeah, yeah that, sure. that thing listens more than they want you to think. So uh, just an experience that I had um, this week, actually, was um, after I was, I read a book called um, Human Shall Not Apply by uh, Jerry Kaplan. I even spoke to the author yesterday because I gave a big speech on automation in front of my town mm-hmm. um, uh, last night. And so um, Jerry and I were talking about a few things, but it, it made me raise a um, eyebrow to like, okay, what, let me, let me see this thing about Amazon. And I needed a new charger for my MacBook Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyway, I go to Amazon and it was $90. And normally I just say, whatever, get it, let's go. And I was like, wait a minute. So I went to Apple. Apple's going to be more expensive, right? It's Apple. Same right. thing, 70 bucks. And I was like, okay. So that sort of stuff, that's all machine learning based on what you're doing. That's all automation is now. I'm, the thing that I would like people to think more about than just marketing is how automation is going to affect you in your day-to-day life and how you stay on top of it. I mean, we had three days sure. ago, a UK farm fully automized barley field, a fully, I'm talking not one human boot went onto that farm acre mm-hmm. yeah. from the yeah. sow to the harvest that just was completed three days ago. On September 6th, the house passed a bill unanimously passing um, a way for automated cars that have very low regulation. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that's cool about that is we're going to get so much more done when we're all in self-driving cars. And I'm really for it. When a lot less people are going to die and you're not going to have that, that, that debate over, um, gosh, I've had one too many drinks. I think I can make the drive home. No, cause the thing's driving you anyway and you're going to be safe. But the other thing to look out for is that it turns out 40% of working males in the United States, 40% of working males in the U S drive some kind of vehicle for work, mm-hmm. not to get to work for work forklift drivers, truck drivers, Uber drivers, 40%. Mm-hmm. 
Sure. So those jobs are going to be automated. So if you are listening to this podcast and if you are driving an Uber or if you are driving a truck, this is going to be happening. Tesla currently, the, the cars they have on the road that have been sold over the past two years, Elon Musk claims that they are fully autonomous. And as soon as the laws are able to be passed, they will be able to be self-driving and no upgrades are going to be needed to the car physically. Yeah, uh, yeah, Ford and GM vowed to have autonomous cars by 2021. So this isn't one of those things like, yeah, in 10, 15 years, I got time. No, 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 no. This is 2021 is in three years. And Uber and, and Tesla is now. And the unanimous house vote was the sixth. So this isn't something where, well, let me putz around. This is something where you should start educating yourself by educating yourself on what jobs are going to be needed for those jobs and train mm-hmm. yourself for that. Maybe sure. that means becoming uh, really good at being a drone pilot. Maybe that means that you're looking into um, coding robotics. You can actually go to codeacademy.com or .org and for free learn how to code. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, a couple of things you mentioned that were really interesting that I wanted to cover. Um, and, and thank you for throwing in that that resource. I'll make sure it's linked in the description of the podcast as well for those that are interested in taking up coding because coding is such a huge area of boom. But there's two things in terms of automation that you know I was hoping to to really discuss in further detail. One, you talked about the human changing behavior, and the other side I would love to discuss further with you is the marketing side of it. So. Human behavior is changing, and I think something that you pointed out that it's really interesting is how everything is, or a lot of things are being automated. Like you talked about agriculture, agriculture using AI, because I think speed is something that as humans that we're really looking for. Like we want to accomplish things a lot quicker, and there's certain things that you know I think AI is attributing to, especially with agriculture, which you know that's a a widely hugely booming industry for, for what I've been reading about in terms of taking on AI and technology and just making it more efficient. Yeah. And people got to eat. Said it again. I said people got to eat. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it expedites, it, it attributes to getting things done quicker and a few things that, you know, you mentioned like Amazon, which, so just to go back to that, actually, you were talking about, you know, Amazon and, and Apple, you were, you were purchasing an accessory, right? I think yeah. is what you mentioned. So um, something that I'm really curious about, I want to know your thoughts on this. Is So you mentioned that Amazon had it priced at $90, right? And Apple had it priced at $70. So it makes me wonder, uh, how is that, the pricing being adjusted based on AI, based on demand, based on consumer demand? Or do you think it's just, you know, uh, standard competitive pricing between two brands. What's no, it, no, no, it, it's profile pricing. Every price is um, done based on you and your mm-hmm. spending habits. It's all done through data. It's not like this is the deal. This is how much that we're going to be selling um, chargers for today. As much as you want to think that it's not, it's based on your spending habits. Mm-hmm. What Amazon realized about me is that I have become an incredibly loyal customer. Mm-hmm. Until about two days ago, but <laughs> um, I mean, when Boom. people, yeah, right. When people would make a book recommendation to me because I, I love reading, I just open up the app, type it in, buy now one click, sure. boom, to the house two days later. And when it comes to a book that's like going to cost me between ten and fourteen dollars, it's not really worth my time to be scouring the internet to find it for cheaper. Mm-hmm. We're talking about twenty dollars, and it's a simple like question of okay, 
let's go to Apple and just check it out really quick. Let me spend uh, my, my time was now oh, 35 seconds, perhaps going to Apple from my phone and seeing it's cheaper. Sure. And then I, they already had my information cause we buy so much Apple stuff for our business. And I was like, all right, right. buy it. And it showed up today. So their, their shipping time wasn't as long either, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that's something that people should know is, and I hope Jeff Bezos doesn't put a hit out on me, but, um, <laughs> prices are, uh, yeah, prices are set based on you, not based on right. uh, demand. Well, that was that's an interesting point. Something else you brought up, which is really interesting, is so you were talking about the 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 profile pricing, which I think has become is going to become a lot more evident, you know, in in different businesses, different industries specifically. But do you think that with this profile pricing approach that Amazon is, is taking and or Apple, um, uh, precisely that um, you know they're striving for loyalty? Uh, or not necessarily? Well, so from what I understood from uh, the research I've been doing on this topic of automation, and Amazon is really leading the way on this whole thing, is Amazon actually loses a lot of money in the beginning when you're with them on on buying some things. But what they're going for is actually data, and they're going for um, uh, your loyalty. And then above all else are going for when you don't have any other options. So a lot of the investors in Amazon are actually waiting for the day when there isn't anything else to do. And it is just Amazon. And at the way that they're scooping up the market and almost everything, mm-hmm. that's not that far off. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of Amazon, actually, um, something that, that came to mind, I had a, a conversation with a friend recently um, that brought up a very, very interesting point about Amazon is, so one of the things that Amazon has done is, especially in the book industry, is what they have done is literally blown their competition out of the water completely. So yeah. much that um, a friend of mine mentioned, you know, they're, they're putting up bookstores um, in, uh, did you say Seattle, in the Seattle area, I believe? Um, I think it's, is it a- oh, Amazon is? Yeah, the Amazon store, okay. literally an Amazon bookstore. And that's this is something that we don't have here in the Midwest, by the way. So it was kind of new. And, you know, uh, my friend um, has traveled quite a bit East Coast to West Coast. And uh, but the interesting point about that is that the conversation we had is, well, why would Amazon put up bookstores? Well, they're putting it up because, for one, they, they have virtually no competition. They have beat their entire competition and they're putting them up because, you know, they're just pretty much, it's more of a, uh, um, an accessibility. It's more of a courtesy to the consumer, really, because they have that much money to spend. <laughs> well, don't, don't forget about the branding it does too. Like, even if you don't go into bookstore, if you just drive by it and you see Amazon. Exactly. Then exactly. you might get on and buy a freaking pasta strainer. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, this is just marketing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, so we're, we're talking about Amazon and, you know, another big thing that's really uh, circling in the marketplace right now is just that uh, Amazon is scouting for a location for its next HQ. Um, right. And St. Louis is one of the uh, cities that's in the running for that. So, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to tighten things up and get our ducks in a row to see if we can bring Amazon um to, to town because, well, it'll be great for the economy, right? And open up more jobs. But, you know, the, the interesting thing to go back to automation without, you know, deviating away from that is what do you see, how do you see automation, you know, playing a part in in human behavior 
uh, in our day-to-day lives in the next one to three years? What do you foresee coming, coming down the pipe that I guess a lot of humans are just not anticipating? The self-driving car again, I, I don't mean to beat a, de- a, a mm-hmm. dead horse, but this isn't sure. like it, when you ask the one to three years, that's actually in that time scale. And it's actually a really good thing as long as we have systems in place on how are we going to replace the truck driver and all the Uber drivers. So the the lobby group, I, I might botch this name, but I think it, it's called like Autonomous Car or Self-Driving Cars for a Safer America is the name of the lobbying group that um, got this uh, pa- the, the house to unanimously pass a bill on the 6th. Mm-hmm. And um, the companies behind it are Google, Ford, Uber, and Lyft. Well, why is Uber and Lyft in it? Interesting. Well, I mean, I think, you know, Uber started out with that intent from, from what I understand or from what I know that they really wanted to strive towards self-driving cars. And I think this was behind um, Google's initiative for autonomous driving, at least yeah. from my understanding anyway. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, and then you just look at they're behind it. If you have self-driving cars, then Uber doesn't have to pay who? The well, person. Right. All their Uber drivers. They don't they they just are replaced by machines. Right. So there is a lot of businesses, uh, there's a lot of people who completely depend on Uber income and Lyft income. There's mm-hmm. even people that buy fleets of cars and then rent them to people to be Uber drivers and they get a percentage of it. Like there's a lot of those businesses around. And so that's all going to be gone. Um, and on top of that, like the trucking industry is going to be the biggest effect. So um, I, I see that coming and I, I don't see it as, I used to be a bit more pessimistic about it. Um, but, and I think we're going to be able to adapt, but mm-hmm. I, I, I think we need to bring, one thing Jerry Kaplan and I spoke about on the phone was actually his, his concept of um, uh, of businesses and banks um, paying for education for the specific tasks they need of uh, the jobs that are going to be opening up due to the automation revolution we're in currently. And so it'd be working. It basically is the same concept of a mortgage. And when you think about a mortgage, uh, both the bank and the person buying the house, which is a bank as well, but both of them have risk. There's risk mm-hmm. of uh, the house going down. I mean, yes, the, the bank gets the house if you don't if you default on the mortgage, right? But the house could be like if you go into a big downturn like 08, well, then the bank's screwed too. So there's, right. there's risk on both sides. So if you were to bring in this concept and start having businesses and banks and credit unions give loans for, let's say, um, drone piloting, right? Mm-hmm. You go, you learn how to fly a drone. Um, at these classes, and then you would pay interest on that, but that's much more specific than um, getting a liberal arts degree, right? Or getting a political science or even a marketing degree from college mm-hmm. nowadays. It's so broad. Let's make it more specific. So um, I, I actually got a scholarship opportunity uh, for one of my team members to um, go into a program here where they teach specific into people that are in marketing today and how to like, like really study uh, their competition and really dive into like how to market across all the digital spectrums. And, and one mm-hmm. of our core values is knowledge. And so it's like, yes, absolutely want to take that. And one of my team members, at least she's been doing it and, and she didn't have to, but she's loving to do it. And now what, I, what she's going to be getting from that, she's going to be working on R&D in our company and she's going to have a pay raise from that. 
Sure, so, sure. Um, and that's just because like we need to know more of that. So if you were to take that concept and if I were to, uh, now I'm going to look into myself and lead by example of finding other processes like this, other education around here, I could send a team member to and be like, listen, we'll pay for it in exchange for um, perhaps a percentage paid back or, um, or any other sort of like sure. agreement that you could come up from. But that's the sort of thing that businesses, if, if them and banks can adapt this type of a mortgage learning model, then that's going to help us be able to fulfill, take somebody who used to drive a truck for 40 years and mm-hmm. actually have, or 30 years or whatever, and actually potentially have them um, be a good contributing member of society for when there is no such thing as driving a truck anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things that you mentioned is this, so, first of all, I'm also too a firm believer that continuing education, especially on the business front, um, is essential to uh, pivoting, to reinventing yourself, to remain relevant. So the fact that, you know, you're having some of your team members, you know, uh, learning that makes them a lot more valuable to your organization. Something else you mentioned about drones that I just wanted to touch upon briefly is um, there was a story about uh, Emmer and Yui, which is um, the electric company here in the Midwest, uh, um, uh, Missouri and Illinois primarily, uh, I think is their, their coverage area. And um, they have finally employed drones as part of their uh, day-to-day operations. And uh, what they've discovered is, I think this, has, this was a fear in the beginning as to why they were so hesitant to even employ, uh, I guess you would call you know, automation because drones are in, in essence uh, a way of automating you know, someone's job. And the way they're using drones is basically uh, they are scouting areas that have been flooded, especially in the uh, excessive floods that we've had over the last couple of years um, here in the Midwest, uh, you know, due to, to changing weather patterns. And so they're using basically drones um, as scouting mechanisms, but those drones still need to be operated by someone, right? They're not fully yeah. autonomous. So I guess the one not thing yet. that... <laughs> right, not yet. Correct. I mean, yes, there are drones out there that are automated. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, I think DJI has drones that literally go for a couple miles or so that can nearly be fully automated. So the, the point that I'm arriving at ultimately, and the question that I wanted to ask you too is, because I think this was something that we we're pondering around, pondering around initially is, will automation cause the demise of majority of jobs that have been otherwise up until now performed by human beings? Uh, yes. Uh, but that does not mean that we're going to go into a Terminator type of a society. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we can though. So that's, that's the thing. We could end up having a huge wealth gap if we don't take this seriously. We could have like, we can make, you know, how people complain about the 1% to 99% now. Well, try the 0.01% and the 99.99% because that's what will happen if we don't start really pushing education and things of that nature. So you either have solutions of making sure that education uh, become, uh, education loans becomes as prevalent as mortgages where it's a win-win for the business and the person mm-hmm. or the bank. Um or uh, you got to start talking about things like UBI, universal basic income, or businesses like mm-hmm. Amazon currently has 45,000 robots and they replace the need for like forklift drivers uh, across a lot of their warehouses. Well, if we don't end up coming up with some sort of education solution to, to, for the masses to be able to participate in an automated society, then 
if we don't tax, perhaps is an, a solution too, where you tax uh, each one of Amazon's 45,000 um, robots with a uh, the payroll tax that they would pay on an employee. They have to pay it for every robot that they employ. So if that ends up happening, then you have the government being able to give out subsidies for all the truck drivers end up losing their job. Sure. And for every trucking company that is able to save all the money on all the truckers that they just lost, uh, if the government is progressive enough to be like, okay, well, you still have to at least pay a payroll tax on them. Well, that will help at least fun, perhaps education to sure. uh, progress us into what we need to be in order to have more of a Star Trek type of a um, society that we live in in 30 years instead of more of a, a super wealth gap and perhaps Terminator sure. type thing. So it's up to us. And, and and the main thing that like, I mean, if we could have one or two people just like start thinking seriously about this and start talking about it more, then we we made a successful podcast. Mm-hmm. Um. And that, and that's the main thing I'm trying to push right now. I'm not trying to promote my business or anything like that. I'm just trying to like, hey, we need we have a serious thing happening right now, and it can be beautiful, but sure. it also can be incredibly ugly. Well, a, a lot of so a lot of what we talked about, you know, in the last 20 minutes or so has really been uh, circumventing around you know um, automation and the changing human behavior and the way automation is going to change the way we do things, not only from a personal standpoint, but you know, from a business standpoint also. I want to spend a couple of minutes kind of talking specifically about um, automation, chatbots, um, so on and so forth, particularly from a marketing standpoint. Uh, what are your thoughts in terms of how automation will play an even more intricate part within the marketing industry You know, over the next one to three years? What are some things that you see becoming a lot more evident, a lot more essential, especially in the marketing industry? Uh, um, right now, predictive buying is already, um, something that's normal. People decided that they would rather have the free Facebook account than pay for one. Um, same with Twitter and Instagram, um, and having really, um, what they think is cheap stuff on Amazon. So, um, Mm -hmm. it looks like we're going to continue to go down that way where the real goal of businesses is getting data. Uh, and that's going to allow for more predictive buying um, and how automation uh, is going to help with that is um, digging in deeper. Like, okay, well, if they bought um, this kind of car, let's say they get a cheap Grand Cherokee mm-hmm. and uh, they bought a ski pass to uh, the current, uh, the latest mountain uh, within the past two weeks. Um, maybe I, like we also see that they haven't bought a new set of skis in two years. So this would be a prime person to hit for some brand new skis from, um, snowplanks or some awesome company. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all kind of stuff where humans, they're, they don't need to connect the dots that much. The machines are gonna be able to do it more. So humans are going to be able to look at it as more of like looking above the programmatic advertising and deciding how much money should go where and making sure that the AB testing is happening uh, correctly and nothing like grows astray. So a lot, um, Uh, it's basically I see a lot less um, human work being done when it comes to the specifics of Mm -hmm. micro-targeting and all the different combinations that you need to do today to be able that you're hitting the right uh, people instead saying, you know, people who are likely to buy skis and then they all make those connections instantly without you having to do the grunt work. So that allows us to think like, okay, I now can spend more time on working with the company to tell them 
what has been working well based on the programmatic advertising and this new automation stuff based on this stuff, this is what's working well. And this is what people are responding to. Can't, and we could be more consultants. Can you make more of these type of skis? Because that's what's buying the most. And can we get more videos of action? shot mm-hmm. out of your skis because those converted to the most so we could take this information learn from it and then tell our companies that we're working with more in-depth intel on what they need to do to continue to grow their business so i see the marketer um, that is able to stay on top of this and educate and learn how to work with automation to become more of an uh, of a really good consultant mm-hmm. as well as hey i made sure that you got ten thousand impressions sure. Yeah, who sure. cares about 10,000 impressions? Do they sell me anything? That's right. what we can get right. closer towards. Well, that's kind of what I was looking, you know, just to bring it full circle is this from, from what I'm hearing you say is, you know, just, just to kind of reiterate and, and solidify a few things is automation is going to become even more essential, but I think it's going to become essential from a standpoint that, um, as you mentioned, A-B testing will be even more intricate for consultants, for companies uh, to be doing this, um, to identify what the consumer wants. And, you know, what product or what service um, is, is sellable, which, you know, that could open up a whole different um, discussion around prog- programmatic advertising and omnichannel advertising and, and uh, A-B testing around that to determine what consumers want, what products, like you were talking about the skis, right? Is that kind of what I'm hearing you say is that, you know, automation is going to become more evident moving forward, a lot more common for companies? Uh, yeah, for the ones that um, are looking to adapt towards that, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to allow for uh, people that really know how to work with it to get um, really good incomes. Like if you're going to be progressive and go with it, because it's going that way, like it or not, it's going that way. Mm-hmm. So are you going to learn? Are you going to take time out of your day to read about it? Are you going to take time out of your day to work with it? Um or are you just going to be like, no, you know, we used to always do stuff. Excuse my phone going off there. Let me stop that. Um, and instead, um, you are at the forefront of it and you're dedicating um, time into your career of instead of, so for all those marketers out there listening, you know, cut back on the Netflix, add into what's happening next, set up some RSS feeds onto um, what's happening in the latest in programmatic marketing. What is Facebook doing to enhance different things on uh, groups, uh, like how Mark Zuckerberg just put 4,000 engineers towards groups, 4,000 additional engineers. That was like three wow. and a half years ago. That's huge. Why is he doing that? Sure. Well, I don't want to dive into that because that's a big thing, but that, that's happening for a reason. So how can you help your clients with that? Staying on top of this stuff, cut back on a Netflix and increase your education, you, and the fruits will will follow. <laughs> uh, so much for House of Cards, right? Um, <laughs> no, you can still have some House of Cards. <laughs> oh, Great okay. Yeah, well, I'll throw but, it in there because um, you know these days I don't I don't know if I have that if I even have time for for TV Netflix or I think I recently even tested out YouTube TV, which. Um, by the way, was completely uh, blown away by, and it was just, um, it just became uh, available here in the St. Louis market. And I think, by the way, that's going to change uh, the way media and, and TV is being absorbed and, and programming from a, from a digital standpoint. But, um, you know, this was, this was a really good conversation, really enjoyed it. Uh, the fact that you spend majority of, of the time focusing on the human aspect of automation is huge, because that is one of the things that, I specifically focus on with this podcast and I think the listeners really benefit the most out of, but also um, appreciate you touching upon the, 
touching upon the marketing arm of automation. With that being said, you know, how can, if people want to connect with you, how can they find you online? What's the best way um, to communicate with you? You know, um, the best is email or LinkedIn. I watch both mm-hmm. those a lot. Um, I don't have um, enough time to uh, really be much of a tweeter. I'm actually not sure. at all. Um, and even Facebook, I, I, you only have 24 hours in a day. And that's the one thing that <laughs> you, me and Warren Buffett all have in common. So you got to utilize it. <laughs> anyway, I digress. Uh, my okay. last name is spelled Torkum. It's Tom, Oscar, Robert, Charlie, Oscar, Mary. Um, mm-hmm. Bud's first name. And if you look up uh, Torkum on LinkedIn, I'm the only one. So, um, and my email is bud at mazamamedia.com, M A Z A M A media.com. Um, and if people reach out to me, the thing that I like to do, like, especially if you're talking about automation, um, is like, if you came up, if you have some ideas, uh, and like, well, what about this to progress humans in it and everything like that, please reach out to me. Cause I'm trying to like, mm-hmm. I, I'm getting invited more and more to talk about this kind of stuff and inform people about this stuff where I talked in front of the entire, our entire town yesterday at our entire tower theater. And I'm not, this isn't a ploy to get uh, business. This is a ploy to make sure that sure society progresses with it and we and we start taking this seriously so um please reach out and talk about or if you think i'm full of crap then let me know that too so i can know how to adjust (laughs) but thanks so much appreciate um all the time yeah i appreciate it too thanks for having me ivan And there you have it, guys. Uh, that was the uh, guest interview with uh, Bud Torkum of Mazama Media. Make sure you uh, follow Bud online. Send him an email. He's an old school, well, kind of sort of old school guy who appreciates email. So if you're into that type of thing and uh, email communication is your means of exchanging context, then most definitely reach out to Bud. Great guy. Had an awesome conversation. Prior to that, actually, Bud had reached out to me on LinkedIn expressing interest in the podcast someone that truly believes in human business, human marketing, human centricity as well. Hence why I wanted him to jump on as a guest on this episode of the Human Business Narrative Podcast. And that does it, guys. That wraps it up. This was episode 15 of the Human Business Narrative Podcast. I hope you guys truly enjoyed it. Let me know what your thoughts and comments, either in the comment section below in this episode. Make sure you review the podcast also on iTunes if that's where you're grabbing uh, this piece of audio from. Definitely tweet at me. You can tweet at HBM Podcast. I'm also going to throw out my personal Twitter account, which is at Ivan underscore Tomokov. And I think that does it, guys. As always, keep it human. Until next time, bye-bye.